Chapter 19 of The Brownies and Prince Florimel by Palmer Cox. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jude Summers. The Mission of the Dove. After the huge boulder had shut in the unsuspecting brownies, their only alternative was to follow the winding passageway of the mine wherever it might take them. They could not remain where they were to perish miserably of hunger and thirst, so they crept cautiously along in the dark with the faint hope that in some way they might gain the open. But the passage they were forced to travel led them direct to the main shaft where the mine sprites were at work. Nearly all of Dragonfell's followers were there waiting to receive them, for the demon usher, after imprisoning them, had descended by the main entrance and gleefully imparted the news, claiming high honors. Sheepishly, the brownies slunk in, with the dude's white handkerchief fluttering at the end of his cane, in token of the band's complete surrender, for King Stanislaus knew how useless it would be to offer any resistance. They were all huddled together in a body, and a sorry, crestfallen lot they were. Never before had such great misfortune overtaken them. At times the student brownie would discourse on liberty, justice, or good fellowship, and find appreciative listeners, and he lifted up their hearts by assuring them that history repeats itself, and that they would yet enjoy the freedom of the comets and wandering stars. While others of Dragonfell's followers guarded the brownies so that they could not escape, and brandished sharp-pointed spikes, battle-axes, bludgeons, and other formidable-looking weapons significantly, Groathead ran in hot haste to inform his master. Soon the wicked enchanter made his appearance, and his rubicund face showed high elation. "'Put em all to work!' he shouted. "'Don't let em stand here idle!' "'What do you want me to do?' asked King Stanislaus meekly. "'Here, stop your talking, and get busy!' cried Snout Pimple, thrusting in the king's hand a pick. "'I haven't any choice,' said His Majesty, "'so I'll have to take my pick.' The airy persiflage was lost upon Dragonfell, who frowned on him severely. "'I'm a king in my own right,' continued the monarch, pointing to his crown, "'and never used a pick except to bury a dead dog.' but i'll not make a scene in the presence of my subjects so here goes for the jewels his cheerfulness told on others if it was diggin shedder crabs or scallops remarked the sailor i'd soon fill a basket i've broken stones before said the irishman but this is the first chance i've had to get a whack at diamonds well said the german brownie if I see somethings in dot place shining like blitzen, I pulls em out already, yet und say nuddings. They were then hustled off to their new tasks. With the mine sprites and brownies, the king started to dig away, and he tried not to shirk, but to do his stint with the rest of them. The sight of royalty reduced to hard labor affected all his subjects greatly though they had little opportunity for sympathy so severely did their taskmasters press them 
the heaps of precious stones piled up higher and higher, and their eyes fairly blinked at the sight of them. "'I never saw so many jewels before in all my life,' declared His Majesty, wincing as though he felt a sudden crick in his back. "'Whenever I look at them, I feel just as though I were going to break out with carbuncles.' "'I wonder when they'll bring us something to eat,' said Florimel, who was beginning to grow hungry. He was very much relieved when some time later Bounding Boar appeared with a cauldron of lukewarm soup, which was served in skimpy little plates. "'Here, take mine back,' complained King Stanislaus. "'Look what's in it. Just imagine what would have happened to me if I had swallowed it.' As he spoke, he held up a pin which he had found in his soup. "'It wouldn't have hurt you, Your Majesty,' said the policeman. "'It's a safety pin.' Now and then some adventurous brownies would discover a new dark passage, and with the hope that it might lead to liberty, the more progressive would get their heads together and plan a break for freedom. For a time it looked as though one of these attempts would be crowned with success, and liberty itself seemed to beckon in the offing. But, just as promising enterprises in our own uncertain careers often end in disappointment, so would each noble effort only result in a punishment of heavier burdens and shorter rations. Mandrake, with a tray of food, went down one of the dark passages, and soon returned empty-handed. This Florimel noted, and he said to King Stanislaus, "'Your Majesty,' Titania and her companions must be over there. I am going to try to find them. He took from the sailor, who had charge of it, Euphrosyne's dove, and opening the bosom of his jacket, let it cuddle close to his breast, with just its head now and then showing. At a moment when the attention of all Dragonfell's followers was temporarily diverted by some remarkable discovery, he made a sudden dash down the passage, where he believed Queen Titania and the others were imprisoned. His companions grouped themselves together to screen his fleeing form as best they could, and he succeeded in getting away without detection. Florimel ran along the passage, and his supernatural vision guided him. So when he came to a gem-crusted door, he was able to see, stretched before it, a form that he at once recognized as the Red Spirit. The lazy fellow had been left to guard the prisoners, but had neglected his duty and was fast asleep. Florimel heard him snoring away, so that he knew his slumber was a heavy one, and he tiptoed up to him with confidence. He was rejoiced to see lying beside him the bow and four arrows, and he noiselessly reached for the bow and restored the arrows to his quiver. Then he turned the big diamond that served as a knob for the door, and stepping cautiously over the unconscious red spirit, entered. Titania, Dame Drusilda, Violet, and Daffodil were seated upon one of the divans, and they sprang up joyously when they saw him. Florimel! cried Titania, and ran toward him. Shh! he warned, and closed the door softly after him. "'The Red Spirit is supposed to be guarding you, but he has fallen asleep. "'We must be careful not to wake him.' "'They embraced fondly, and Titania asked, "'When will the brownies take us away from here?' 
Florimel shook his head despondently as he answered, "'I am sorry to say that we are all prisoners like yourselves. See, Titania, I have brought you this. I thought perhaps that it might help us.' He took the little cooing creature from the bosom of his jacket and stroked its soft sides. "'Euphrosyne's dove!' exclaimed Titania. "'There is a shaft above through which it can escape.' let us send it with a message to her upon a scrap of paper she hastily wrote the words euphrosyne fair goddess of mirth dragonfell the wicked enchanter holds us captive in his country help us we beseech you before it is too late queen titania while she wrote Florimel noticed with some uneasiness that water was trickling down the walls and that in some places on the floor pools had already formed. "'Tie the note to the dove's neck,' he said. "'Let us dispatch it immediately.' They did so, and he flung the little creature upward toward the shaft. Its talons clutched aside precariously, while it fluttered its wings to sustain itself in the frail, uncertain hold it had. "'Poor little thing,' said Titania, when she noticed that it was in great danger of falling." it cannot help us look cried the excited violet it is making for the opening to the relief of all its watchers the bird crept through the shaft and disappeared good luck go with it was dame drusilda's fervent ejaculation oh titania titania said florimel it may be our happiness depends upon that bird then almost immediately afterward to their utter horror and consternation water in immense volumes began to pour down through the shaft until blinded and drenched as they suddenly became it seemed to them as if all the floods of the earth had been opened quick shouted florimel we must get out of here he flung open the door fearing that the red spirit was still outside but the terrified clamor of voices that rose from all sides had caused him to desert his post the water which in an incredibly short time had risen nearly to their waists began racing down the passage but still it did not appear to recede let us go at once urged florimel for if we stay here we shall be lost he gathered up the trembling titania in his arms and with his burden staggered through the water toward the door while dame drusilda violet and daffodil followed close upon his heels down the passage that had now become a violent raceway of raging foaming water they all fled for florimel realized that their only chance of escape small as it might be was to join those who were familiar with the entrances to the mine but as they got closer to the main shaft the confusion and uproar grew wilder and with a sickening feeling he became aware that those whose help he had hoped for were quite as powerless as he. Ear-splitting shrieks of horror made a very pandemonium of awful sound, and over all was heard the despairing cry of Groughthead, "'The mine is flooded, and the force-pumps can't save us! We shall all be drowned!' End of chapter 19